I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Hey, man. How are you today? <laughs> Doing great. I'm really excited about our topic today, Lance Armstrong. Uh, me too. And I have to say, I thought it was going to be super boring because it's sports and I have zero, zero, negative. What's what's below zero? Oh, totally. Who cares about sports? The worst. I have no interest in it whatsoever. And so I put it off and I put it off because it was sports. Oh. And then it all caught up with me last night. And I was like... Oh, you have a podcast like, oh, tomorrow morning. <laughs> you, you need to do this. <laughs> well, you get to pick the next topic then, since I picked this one. <laughs> okay, great. And you get to pick a boring one, the one that I'll find boring. I don't know what that'll be. But <laughs> Ooh, car repair? <laughs> oh, that's don't boring to me, too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> See, anything I hate, you're going to hate. This is a, that's Probably. <laughs> All right. Well, so what's up this week? What's going on? What's new? Oh, wow. Well, okay. So in our real timeline and the calendar yeah. world that we live in today, it's election day and we're waiting to find out if Biden's actually... It's not actually... election day. Election oh. day was like f- four weeks ago. It seems like it Jesus, you're so <laughs> forever right. ago. It's <laughs> it not. was the third. And today is the... Um, I forget already what it today is. is. The sixth? Friday the 8th of no, it's November. The it's the 6th. I guess in the age of COVID, doesn't even really matter. <laughs> the sun's matter. up. That's what I <laughs> so know. It's been, yeah, for now. So it's been three days since the election. And, and we're still waiting. It has been torturous. I went to bed mm. on election night. And oh, my God. Me too. I was like, fuck it. It's going to be Trump. <laughs> it's over. I don't care. Yeah. I'm out for the next four years. We said we were going to move to Britain if it happened. We'll wait and see. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, and then to wake up and have it be like, it might be Biden. It might be Biden. Don't know. And all week long. Don't know. And now the thing is, there might be uh, Trump MAGA people in the streets with rifles shooting everybody. They don't oh, get their gosh. way. <laughs> I, I know. Mean, I shouldn't s- laugh. Uh, but... Well, no, because I know somebody who works for the city uh, and she left because of potential riots. And because of directed threats against her home, that wow. the police advised her that to leave? it might be a good idea if she wasn't around until wow. things calmed down. Yeah. That's scary. These people yeah, are it nuts. It is. It's fucking crazy. Just wait four fucking years, everybody. I did. I know, right? They're I waited for your idiot to have his daily tant. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut okay. up because it's fucking well, annoying to me. And nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear this. Yeah, by now, hopefully, by the time people listen to this, which is God knows when that'll be, they'll um, the whole thing will be settled and everyone will be happy. Fingers crossed. Yes, and then if Trump is elected because the Supreme Court gets involved, then we'll go back and we'll edit this out and we'll yeah. re-record it and we'll yay, Trump is going to win. <laughs> He's the best. Because otherwise, we'll be thrown in the gulag. Oh, for sure. 
waiting ah, for you it. have a mouse. Look at your mouse. Oh, yeah, Another my little mouse. mouse. Uh, that was something. I got some <laughs> presents so in the mail, which were amazing for me. And Juliet sent me a little tiny That's mouse. So cute. Yes, I sent. I saw the mouse, and and it made me think of you because you draw these adorable little mice drawings, and I have one in each house. And like I said, if I had one, I would hang a big one. I would hang it over my couch, but I don't have one to hang over my couch, which is really sad. That's really sad. How big is that space? Because these mice it's take four seconds. Large. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you make a really big one? <laughs> Once upon a time when I lived in Long Beach, I had a futon against this really big wall that was blank, right? And so I grabbed some like, I don't know, butcher block paper that somehow I had six feet of and I drew like a four foot mouse and I taped it up awesome. over the futon to see what would it look like if I had a piece of art there? Right, and that mouse stayed there for eight years. I think I'm. That sounds really familiar to me. So oh, I'm sure. I don't know you, if I saw that or, or not, or maybe I saw a picture of it. But yeah, I'm sure. I love the mice. The I'll, mice are the best. Uh, I'll find it and I'll mail it to you. <laughs> Looking for I'll home. Frame it. I'll frame it and hang it over my couch. So that'll be funny. I'll, I'll put like a five hundred dollar frame on your butcher black. Mouse on drawing. my forty cent mouse. Yeah. That I... <laughs> but your mouse is priceless. Well, wow. yes, I agree. And I want to thank the girl in the third grade who taught me how to draw them. It's the only Aww. thing I can draw that people recognize. That's so cute. And don't forget to sign it when you draw it. You have to sign it so it's okay. worth something. Sure. And then you have to like write out a, a what, do they, what do they call it? A oh, a certificate of authenticity. It's something like that. This is the, so, so I know that we know it's genuine and we can trace it back to you directly from me. So I, I plan to make a lot of money off this mouse. This oh, I'm sure you will. I mean, everybody has. Um, yeah. Did you know you could get Picassos on eBay for like 49 cents that come with a certificate of authenticity? Really? Uh-huh. Yep. Wow. Uh, you can get anything on eBay and how and why they allow for the art fraud. We'll That's just call crazy. it what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff on there that legitimately says rep representation oh my god reproduction 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 yeah. i didn't want to say that word it's a little early in the morning for me to be thinking about <laughs> reproduction um and uh yeah but then there's plenty of them that are like i bought this at an estate sale and i know that it's van gogh and there'll yeah, be sure you do honey. some museum that's selling their van gogh wow for a thousand dollars Anyway, we probably are ready to start diving in on Lance because right. I'm excited about this. I wasn't, but I am. I hope I remember to talk about certain things that I'll probably forget because I didn't write it down. But anyway, we'll see. So, okay, Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong is a world-famous cyclist and also a philanthropist who won seven consecutive Tour de France and went on a uh, two-part Oprah Winfrey show in January 2013, which was much awaited. Um, because he had been accused of doping for most of his career, um, and he went on to confess and to apologize. So uh, it was it was a big deal because he denied um, emphatically the doping charges throughout his career. And according to the Washington Post, uh, on the Oprah show, Lance Armstrong acknowledged that he won all seven of his record Tour de France championships with the help of performance-enhancing drugs and that he acted as a bully who needed to win at all costs. So Lance Armstrong on The Oprah Winfrey Show admitted that he acted like a jerk and an arrogant prick with a ruthless desire to win 
and uh, also admitted that he used banned substances during all seven consecutive victories at the Tour de France. So that was a big deal um, because he was so, so famous, um, and he had won seven consecutive victories, not just one, but seven consecutive at the Tour de France, which had never been done before as the most anyone's ever won. However, he didn't seem to regret the doping. Um, in fact, he said that for professional cyclists, taking performance-enhancing drugs was like, quote, having air in our tires or water in our bottles, unquote. And he admitted to having used EPO, blood doping, transfusions, testosterone, and human growth hormone between 1999 and 2005, which are the years that he won the seven Tours de France. So his apology basically consisted of the following. I will start saying this is too late. It's too late probably for most people, and that's my fault. I view this situation as one big lie that I repeated a lot of times. I'll spend the rest of my life trying to earn back trust and apologize to people. And referring to his colleagues and those he had bullied, I owe them apologies, and whenever they're ready, I will give them. So that basically is the apology. Um, let's talk a little bit about Lance Armstrong's background now. Yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm interested in finding out where did he come from and what's like this this uh what drives him driving force yeah i was trying not to work on a on a cycling pun driving <laughs> and biking and all that nonsense but uh so yeah and i know that you did a lot of research into this so i'm excited tell me yeah <laughs> well <laughs> i will um so he was born lance edward gunderson and I think he changed his name to Lance Armstrong because it sounds better. Uh, it's just my guess. Um, I, well, he didn't do it because it sounded worse. Um, so his athletic career really began when he won a junior triathlon around age 13. And he casually talks about his mother helping him forge his birth certificate so that he could compete um, at a younger age or below the age requirement. And um, one of the members of his, uh, one of his early cycling teams reported that Lance Armstrong did all types of band performance enhancing drugs when he was very young. So are ahead. they saying at the age of 13? I don't think 13, but I think in his teens, because he was a, a national sprint triathlon champion in 1989 and 1990. And he was born in 71. So he was in his late teens then, I think, if my math is right. Um, and then in 1992, started um, his career as a professional road racing cyclist. And he won a ton of competitions, like right from the get go. So it sounds like he probably started off doing some sort of drugs. Um, he won various stages of the Tour de France, and uh, as an example of all the things that he won prior to um, 1996, and in 1996, he was uh, diagnosed with stage 3 testicular cancer that had metastasized to his lymph nodes, lungs, brain, and abdomen, which is really harsh. Um, and in 1997, the next year, he founded the Lance Armstrong Foundation, which is now called Livestrong Foundation for Cancer Survivors. Um, if you remember back then, um, around 97, I think it was later than that, maybe in the early 2000s, everyone was wearing those yellow plastic bracelets. Those stupid bracelets. I know they were the worst. And you um, had to have one. If you didn't you have one, have you were one. an uncaring person. It was ridiculous. It was like we... Uh, we destroyed the planet at, by caring about... We destroyed the planet. Can you imagine how many yellow plastic bracelets are floating around in the oh, ocean now? He sold $50 million worth of them in a year. I don't know how much they were, but that's a I lot of Like a buck each or something. You could get them at the 7-Eleven at some point. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Anyway, I just had to interject on behalf of the planet. Thanks, Lance. 
Yeah, totally. And I remember that where I worked, um, we'll go in detail about this, but I worked for a company that was associated with Lance Armstrong. And if you didn't have a Lance Armstrong bracelet, you weren't a team player. And I refused to have a bracelet, but I remember very vividly those stupid fucking bracelets. So anyway, um, he went back to cycling after recovering from cancer. So he fully recovered from cancer, which is amazing because they thought that he was going to die. They gave him like a 20% chance of, of, of recovering. But he um, took a bunch of cancer drugs and recovered. Um, so then he, starting in 1999, which is just a couple years after uh, he recovered, he won his first Tour de France title and then went on to win seven in a row. Um, after his first win, he was accused of doping, but he denied it for years. Um, not only did he deny any such accusations, but he viciously attacked his accusers. He called one former teammate's wife crazy. He implied that a, a team masseuse was a whore. He sued newspapers for libel and threatened to make people's lives a living hell. And he called one of his teammates, um, who we'll hear from later, um, somebody who wakes up a piece of shit every day. <laughs> So that's pretty harsh. <laughs> that's up there. Because when you use that terminology, like uh, there are studies that show those specific words, piece of shit, that means yeah. you are ready to pull out a gun and murder somebody. Like that is. <laughs> wow. That, that's a, he was what mad. are you trying to say? The nuclear option. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that was that was something. Um, and his former assistant, Mike Anderson, says that he found a performance enhancing drug in Armstrong's medicine cabinet back in 2004. So, of course, Armstrong fired him and his attorneys characterized Anderson as a disgruntled employee. And Anderson um, later told the Associated Press that Armstrong had made his life very, very unpleasant. Uh, after the Oprah show, Mike Anderson said, I have no expectation nor interest in a feigned apology by Lance Armstrong. Perhaps I know him better than most, since I spent a lot of downtime with him, and I know the true measure of the man. So we're getting a picture here of somebody who's very driven, um, very aggressive, and also willing to sue. Uh, he sued journalist David Walsh and the Sunday Times of London for printing an article um, the same year, 2004, that suggested Armstrong was doping. Um, and uh, this case ended when the Times agreed to pay Armstrong a million pounds. So after he confessed to doping, um, Armstrong, I think, paid, had to pay them back that money. But poor David Walsh did not get an apology from Armstrong, despite the fact that on the Oprah show, uh, Armstrong said he would apologize to David Walsh. So uh, going on to 2010, Floyd Landis, who I mentioned earlier as the, quote, piece of shit, <laughs> uh, emailed the <laughs> oh okay that's why i didn't recognize his name okay got yeah, it piece of shit emailed the then ceo of usa cycling to talk about um and giving details every year of how um landis himself and other members members of the u.s postal service team had used performance enhancing drugs and other methods to um win the tour de france that email was later included in an affidavit for a United States anti-doping agency investigation, which implicated a whole bunch of uh, Landis's former teammates, including Lance Armstrong. Then in 2011, Tyler Hamilton, a former teammate of Lance's, went on 60 Minutes to say that he had seen Armstrong use performance-enhancing drugs, and Armstrong confronted him in a restaurant in Aspen and vowed to make his life a living hell. I don't know if he did, but I bet he tried. 
I'm sure um, he tried. He, I'm sure he tried. I'm sure he tried. And then in 2012, as I mentioned, the um, U.S. Anti-Doping Agency investigation concluded that Lance Armstrong had used performance-enhancing drugs over his career. There was a 1,000-page document, which was based on the testimony, based in part on the testimony of 11 of Armstrong, Armstrong's former teammates, and concluded that Armstrong had led the most sophisticated, professional, and successful doping program that sport has ever seen. So as a result of this, Armstrong received a lifetime ban from all sports that follow the world anti-doping code. And that brings us up pretty much to, well, it doesn't really bring us up to the present because he did come back to sports and I think he's still a triathlete um, performing in some triathlons, but I don't, he's never uh, regained his fame or um, success. He's definitely still involved in health and wellness. He's formed a venture capital company called Next Ventures that specifically hmm. fund, well, I don't want to call it fundraising because that's not what you're doing in venture capital. Well, you're sort of fundraising, but yeah. so he's getting money from investors and uh -huh. seeding companies that do everything involved around anything that he thinks will be like the next breakthrough for health and wellness. So if that's a meditation company or if that's wow. a nutritional company um, or an app that does sports stuff, like I don't know. Um, wow. So supplements probably like. Oh, I'm sure he's talking <laughs> supplements. I mean, Jesus. Um, I do know that he has a podcast called The Move. Oh, I really? Yes, and uh, one of the which it's pretty highly rated. And so, as somebody with a podcast that, um, as of yet, is to be rated. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to throw yet. stones. It's pretty highly rated, but I will say a lot of the uh, criticism that I see is it's a nonstop infomercial. Oh, wow. So that makes sense. Boys out there raising money for yeah. himself. Yeah. But I mean, hey, all right. So, yeah, it's interesting that, that he may be hawking supplements because he um, was, in, was involved in doping. And one of the drugs that he um, is accused of having taken... I don't know if I can say that he did take it or not, but I'll just say he was accused of having taken. It's called erythropoietin, which is known as EPO. He confessed and to that, so you can say that. He confessed to that, yes. so I can say he took to EPO. To Oprah. Um, to Oprah. Okay, great. That's right, he did. Um, I said that a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Are you taking performance-enhancing drugs, or you're not? That's why Obviously you... not, yeah. Right. <laughs> So EPO is known, it's made by um, two, m made most commonly by, whatever, by two companies. One is um, Amgen, and the drug is called Epigen, and the other is Johnson & Johnson, and that drug, um, their version of erythropoietin is called Procrit. Um, and what it does is it stimulates red blood cell production in the bone marrow. So what that does is it increases the amount of oxygen that the blood can carry, so it increases your endurance substantially. Um, cyclists often reportedly increase their endurance with blood transfusions. Um, now EPO make or did make it easier. So instead of what, what they used to do, I read a book about this a while back, so um, my memory is not probably that great, but what they used to do is in the off season, they would take their own blood. Um, they would go, I guess they would go, I'm theorizing now, they would go somewhere um, where their blood would be particularly rich, like near sea level and take their own blood and store it until um, cycling season came up. And then they would inject themselves back with that blood to first to, for endurance purposes. So to increase the red blood cells that are in circulating in their system. 
So I mean, it's gross, but, um, that well, with epigen, you didn't have to carry around all that blood, but you did have to carry epigen around, which is uh, a hassle because it comes in vials and you can't really shake the vials because it just, it damages the product. So you had to be really careful about how you, um, how you carried it around. It wasn't exactly the most easy thing in the world. And it seems like it would be difficult to do without people catching on. And yeah. also, it, it was uh, air quotes around illegal, but I mean illegal in the sport. So not, you not only have to oh, be yeah. careful with the transport, but you can't get caught with it. Right, right. Yeah, it was totally illegal. Um, the the company uh, that made uh, Epigen, Amgen, I used to work for. In fact, I worked for them for 20 years. And I worked for them during the time that all this was going down, which is, um, I remember it very vividly because Amgen sponsored the Tour of California, which is, I don't want to say the U.S. equivalent of the Tour de France because there is no equivalent of the Tour de France, but it is the best thing that we had <laughs> for cycling in the U.S. And Lance Armstrong um, won a bunch of the Tours of California. I think he did anyway, but he participated in a bunch of them. And every year... Um, there was a big um, thing where Amgen would sponsor this tour of California and we would have to go. I, I was working for partly for corporate communications at the time and I would go and, uh, you know, work in the tent. And I met Lance Armstrong and I met um, the guy Hincapi and I met a couple of the people that um, were competing in the Tour de France and many of them were giant assholes. Lance Armstrong was a giant asshole. You oh, could no tell. doubt. He was just one of those people that you just look at and you know, and, and, and he doesn't open his mouth much before he says something that's something a giant asshole would say. So (laughs) I don't think that it's controversial for me to say that. Um, but the, um, the controversy that Amgen got involved in was, um, they gave the, they gave vials to doctors that contained a little bit extra of the drug and in order, in order, I don't know if I can say in order, but what doctors would do is they would, um, give they would take enough for a shot out of the vial and there would be a little bit left and they would save that little bit and collect it um, and then give a free shot what was free to them to somebody and collect the insurance money for it so that that was a big scandal uh, back when i was at amgen and they were told to pay amgen was told to pay almost a billion dollars to settle the charges that they gave this free epigen to doctors and encouraged them to bill for the extra doses so unfortunately um even more unfortunately than them having to uh, pay money to settle charges that they did something wrong. The, it turned out later that the drug actually raised the risk of strokes, blood clots, and heart attacks, and it could potentially multiply cancer cells. So it was not necessarily a good thing to be taking, for, especially for people who had had cancer. Um, until 2001, there was really no way to test for it. Um, there is now, and I think it's not used in cycling anymore, probably for various reasons. Um, and well, probably because they can test for it. Yeah, probably because they like can they test know for to it. look for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Lance says that he knew what he was being given. He educated himself on it, and he chose to do it. So there you go. Oh, he was a full willing participant. Um, he absolutely not only knew what he was doing, but he went to the best doctor in sports medicine who was known as That's a right. doper. Dr. Ferrari, which you can't write a better (laughs) name for uh, air quotes around villain, right? But for like a villain, Dr. Ferrari, he's going to soup you up. And he started out with him, didn't he? Wasn't that like from the beginning? Didn't he work with Dr. Ferrari? I think straight off the bat, number one, uh, was was Dr. Ferrari. and, And Ferrari had a reputation within the cycling community 
as a dope peddler. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, I did it again. The fucking puns are going to be nonstop. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and so the weirdness is that Lance Armstrong was so, I mean, I'm not going to say he was open about his, his uh, relationship with Dr. Ferrari. Mm-hmm. He certainly did go through great measures to hide it from the press. He met Dr. Ferrari. He did Ferrari. or did not? Oh, he did. Um, oh, he did. So while it was known that Dr. Ferrari was his, was his doctor, um, mm-hmm. he would he would meet Dr. Ferrari like in gas stations throughout Europe. So the <laughs> oh press would see him. And Dr. Ferrari oh had God. a camper van that he would oh my God. wait in. And Lance would pull in with his team on their way from point A to point B during sport, wow. sporting sports stuff. And uh, be in the camper van for an hour while he got his shots and his infusions, etc. Um, oh my god yeah so uh so for sure not only did lance know what he was doing he encouraged his teammates to do the same he did his teammates will say he forced us and he will say how can you force a human adult to do (laughs) anything they don't want to do (laughs) they yeah yeah i'm sure there was some peer pressure at the very least Oh, it was nothing but peer pressure. That's what I found interesting throughout this. Um, the the relationships of the teammates and how things fall apart at the end was riveting yeah. for me. I don't know much about that. I, I, I imagine. Let me tell that... you, I have some okay. notes here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... <laughs> We're going to go back a little bit for me, mm-hmm. the, the things that uh, that stood out for me. Um, we're all competitive on some level, right? It's just human nature. Sure. Um, and so, so when we said we were going to do Lance Armstrong, I was like, oh my God, it's sports. I don't care. It's going to be so boring. Right. Yuck. Yeah. And then that started my homework late because I didn't want to do it at all because sports boring <laughs> and I was fascinated. And this morning about five minutes before we started, I was like, I wish I had an extra two days because I want to know more. <laughs> I, I need to know what happened here. So, um, in my opinion, I haven't seen anything on this, but, uh, the first thing that struck me was Lance's relationship with his mother. So from an early age, his mother seems to be kind of the guiding driving force uh behind him right right so he uh he was he mentioned in an interview that he wasn't good at football or baseball um but he was kind of good at sort of the running sports and his mom said i don't care what you do but you have to do something Mm. right and uh then he made a later comment uh, a few years later about his battle with cancer and getting back into sports when everybody was saying, oh, Lance, you've battled cancer and you're probably really just not equipped to be the athlete you were. And so you shouldn't be racing competitively because you're never Mm going to be number one, number seven in the world again. And he said, my mother didn't raise no quitters, right? Oh, wow. And then there's an interview with his mom in France um, Mm -hmm. or France, depending on how we want to go, right? Um, where she's being interviewed by the by the press, and she looks like a really sweet, well put together woman, right? Uh, she looks mm-hmm. like a 
like a, a nice version of well, a nice version of Jennifer Aniston. Why, why, why am I talking about her looks? <laughs> <laughs> but what I meant was she looks like a, a, she looks like a Jennifer Aniston knockoff, right? Okay. But okay. but in a nice way. I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. She looks like a very well put together um, uh, lady, right? Yeah. And so uh, so his mother, this well put together lady, is saying to the press. <laughs> We are going to do well today. This race means a lot to us. And sorry, but I'm feeling a little (laughs) woofy there with the mommy using the we and our and us pronouns. I mean, you know, so, uh, but in my opinion, he's racing for his mom, right? And I don't know, like. We did talk about how she helped him forge his birth certificate so he could compete at an early age. Yes, and uh, he was recruited by the U.S. Uh, Olympic development team when he was in high school. And wow. uh, he had to drop out of high school or leave high school in order to do this training program with the U.S. Olympics team for triathlons. And um, so, of course, one, you need your parents' permission to do that. And right. then, two, he did get his high school diploma, but mm. through the use of a private tutor. Um, mm. And so... Not sure, but I'm going to guess that a lot of this uh, cycling and racing is racing for mama, right? I see. I'm gonna I'm gonna save my mother. I'm gonna save our family. I'm gonna be there. Do we know what happened to his father? No, I think he was run over by a bicycle. <laughs> I, I think his mother. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's probably something horrible, right? Because now no, I'm an know. asshole. We're they gonna, probably got divorced. I'm going to back on Lance. Yeah, so something. Some, so he, something he, happened. He left. Dad's He's not gone. anywhere in any of the docs that I read or any okay. of the documentaries that I watched. So, right. um, so, so there's something there. It, it was interesting to me, right? And then, um, then he gets into cycling and he becomes a part of the... Uh, of a French team called Cofidi, and that's in about 19... Oh, I lied. I'm sorry. Um, and ki- we're going to say kind of the the evolution of this isn't terribly important. Uh, mm-hmm. In 92, he was racing for Motorola. Um, he uh, won the World Cup in Zurich. He was really making a name for himself in sports. And uh, he became the seventh ranked uh, cyclist in the world in 1996. And that's when he joined uh, a French team called Cofidi. And then he came down with, he was diagnosed with cancer. Right. uh, And Cofidi fired him. Oh, nice. Or they didn't renew his contract. They basically were like, bye. And so he lost 600,000 a year. And he had a real struggle one, with cancer. So, yeah. I mean, no joke there, right? Mm-hmm. And then two, nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted to hire him. And so here you have this guy who had tasted success. And admittedly, yeah. he'd been doping, right, in, yeah. in the 90s and probably since he was, like, earlier. But but he don't know. But for sure, he was doping in 93, right? Um, so in 96, when he had uh, the cancer diagnosis and, and Kofidi dropped him, the only team that would take him on was the U.S. Postal Service, and his contract was 
$200,000 a year, which is nice money. Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. Right. That's, but it's not 600000 It's not 600000 And yeah. also, the U.S. Postal Service has a bicycling team. Are you fucking kidding me? I know. I was surprised by that, too. And and they, like, gave millions of dollars to these people and those people. And I'm like, this is the U.S. Postal Service. You're supposed to be providing a service, not giving cyclists millions of dollars. I mean, unless those cyclists are delivering the mail. I know. There is no point to it. I don't understand yeah. it. But Let's stop I, that. Let's call that off. Again, it gets down to the sports thing where it's like people care and I don't. And it's always a fucking <laughs> mystery to me. Yeah. I get the drive, though, because... Everybody, when you're a little kid, well, if you were a little, if you were Gen X, right, mm -hmm, you grew mm -hmm. up wanting to be an ice skater oh. uh, because of uh, that movie Ice Castles and I didn't see it. Dorothy Hamill. Maybe if you right. were gay, maybe, maybe if you were a gay guy, right? Maybe. Um, so this idea of joining the Olympics, that's, a, it was a dream. And Lance and I are contemporaries. I can call him Lance because yeah, we're nearly the same age. Um and I mean, what am I talking about? I'm 25. I, how does this happen? <laughs> um, right. But so to have that success ripped away from you after you have achieved a dream and you've basically rescued your mother, I suppose, in, in some way right. from whatever, or you, you've done the sun thing, like I'm the hero, yeah. look at me. Um, to have that ripped away would be impossible and of course, if you're a driven, competitive person, you're going to do everything in your power to get it back. And not only are you going to do everything in your power, but you are going to make sure that everybody around you is working 100% full throttle to support you for your goals. So yeah. Lance's, uh, so Lance's teammates on the U.S. Postal Service team, I don't want to say mm -hmm. team too many times, but I mean, what the hell else mm -hmm. are they? Um, they were really tight. They were like this band of brothers, which you might think would be the case for every team in sports, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. apparently it's not. Some people just see each other as colleagues and they don't have like personal relationships, but these guys' girlfriends were all friends. Like it was one uh. big family. And so there was one guy named Frankie who wasn't into the doping so much. He did some of it. Lance really encouraged his uh, teammates to do the drugs, do the drugs, do the drugs. And Frankie's girlfriend, Betsy had an issue with the, uh, with the doping, right? Because mm -hmm. she just saw it as illegitimate and wrong and a fraud. And she knew Lance was doing it, but she wasn't sure that, that her boyfriend slash fiance, they'd gotten engaged was doing it. And he did some, but not all, which is a little bit like uh, mm -hmm. Bill Clinton's with marijuana. I took I a puff, inhale. but I didn't inhale. Yeah. So yeah. I did some, but not all. Yeah. And, uh, Betsy and Lance had a friendly, but somewhat antagonistic relationship with each other. So I like, see how that might be big brother, little sister kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. um, as the, as the years went by and Frankie did not dope, Lance fired Frankie because uh, he wasn't top level competing. He wasn't in the race. He wasn't in it right. to win it. And yeah. so this guy's career ended. And you can imagine that Betsy was a little bit um, pissed off about that because she knew that the only reason the team was winning was because Lance was securing the, and she, you know, she says that 
Lance was the kingpin. He was the drug kingpin. He was procuring, hello tongue, the drugs mm-hmm. and kind of putting the pressure on everybody to to do this, right? So, um, so heartbreaking, especially when it's a band of brothers and you're traveling throughout Europe together and you're going to these mm-hmm. picturesque, beautiful villages and you're riding mm-hmm. your bicycle and the Europeans are lining the road by the thousands to cheer yeah. you on, waving American flags and you've got bicycle groupies and it's just like, it's this weird world I didn't know really existed, but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of there there. Um, so... So basically, these allegations are dogging Lance Armstrong and, as you mentioned, David Walsh uh, wrote a book uh, called L.A. Confidential that was available only in France. And in it, he accuses uh, Lance of of doping. And at the, around the same time, um, because of the book, there's a lot of press interest in doping and Lance Armstrong. And so a reporter speaks to uh, Greg Lamond, who was the only other American to win the Tour de France. And he asked Lamond, hey, what do you think about this doping allegation? And Lamond says, well, you know, I think uh, it's either the greatest comeback of all time or mm-hmm. the greatest fraud of all time, mm-hmm. which fair statement, right? Mm-hmm. So Lance Armstrong reads this article and he picks up the phone and he calls Greg Lamond, who should be his hero, who should be his yeah. inspiration, right? The only other American to win this highly competitive sporty sport sport. And he <laughs> goes ballistic. He wow. rips Lamond a new one. Wow. So Lamond, and according to Lamond, Lance was pretty drunk when he called, right? So, uh-huh. all right. Lamond calls an investor in. Uh, the Livestrong company that Armstrong has just founded, right? To say, hey, you might want to be real careful with this guy. He's a little bit off the rails. Mm. He's called me and he really let me have it. And so this investor, whose name is Steve, Steve's like, oh, that's concerning. Okay, Hmm. thanks. And then the next day he gets a call from Lance and Lance says, Holy fuck, Greg Lamont called me last night. He was so fucking drunk and he yelled at me and he oh called me gosh. all kinds of names. And so just letting you know, if you hear from him, that he's a fucking liar. Well, wow. Steve took his money and went home. He was like, you know what? <laughs> this doesn't feel good to me. I'm out, right? I, I've got other investments and I don't need my fingers all in something that might get a little hot. Yeah. Um, and that sort of starts this ripple in this narrative that Lance Armstrong has built around himself, which is I'm the comeback kid. I'm the cancer survivor. I I can prove to you that anything can happen. And my favorite quote in this whole thing, right, out of everything is Lance Armstrong at his final tour de France, right, where he's going to retire. So he's run it, he's won it, and he's standing, like holding the, the trophy. And he says... I'm sorry that you can't dream big. I'm sorry you can't believe in miracles. (laughs) I mean. I saw that. Yeah. I get it. 
we've yeah. all lied. And when you're lying and you're going to really lie, you're going to take it to the wall, right? And so, sure, maybe, I mean, we'll save this, we'll save this for after, but like, you know, when I'm lying, would I ever call somebody else a liar? I, to save myself, I think that's always where I draw that line. Really? Um, I think so, yeah, but now I'll have really? to think about it because maybe I have said, you're a fucking liar. I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I don't think so. Um, but I could be wrong. I'm sure I'll find out. So uh, so you've got the situation with Steve who is not happy about the whole Greg LeMond, Lance Armstrong phone call. And you have Greg LeMond, who is not happy about being called a drunk and a drug user. And reporters are starting to call LeMond and, and ask him, like, hey, is it true that you have a heroin problem? Huh. Lance Armstrong is slaughtering this guy's reputation, right? Wow. Because LeMond's a threat. LeMond yeah. sort of knows maybe what's yeah. going on, right? Yeah. Um, so around the same time, and so and, okay. and there's a lot of little incidents uh, that are happening sort of within the same pocket of about five years, right? So around the same time, Tyler Floyd, the guy that you mentioned previously, who was mm -hmm. a teammate of Lance Armstrong's, really wanted to win a Tour de France. Just once. Mm -hmm. Just once, Lance. Yeah. <laughs> once? I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> Fucking Lance France. Okay. God. <laughs> Don't try and be pretentious, everybody, because you'll always <laughs> trip over your own fucking tongue. Um, so, uh, so Tyler quits the team. He quits the U.S. Mm. Postal Service, right? Um, and he joins another team so he can win. Because I, I don't know how the cycling team thing works because I didn't no care, idea. so I didn't right. bother to find out. But you're riding as a, as a group, as a pack, essentially. Yeah. And so your leader is going to be the winner. And somehow you're biking and he's behind you. Like, then he gets to come up to the front and he wins. I don't understand it, but whatever. Either. There's a team strategy. It involves placement and it involves physical endurance and involves okay. whatever, whatever, whatever sports. I don't care. So, uh, so he was never winning because Lance was... The winner. He was a team captain, yes. right? And that's the story. Um, so goes to another team, and he crashes. Unfortunate. Oh wait, oh. no, I'm wrong about that. I, oh. I did that on purpose because there wasn't enough drama <laughs> in the story, and so uh, so he wants to win a Tour de France. He joins another team, um, but he becomes this ticking time bomb of truth right? Oh. Because he gets caught doping. So Floyd on the other team gets caught doping. Oh. And it's bad because in cycling, yeah. which is rife with doping, I yeah. don't know about now, but probably because it just seems like that's the <laughs> thing. Um, uh, but maybe not because don't sue me. This is comedy, right? Right, uh, right. If you know, if you saw what I was wearing, you would never take me seriously. Um, <laughs> but so because of the because of the doping and because of the legal battles, he loses all of his money, and so he asks his teammates if he can come back and ride with them, so he can uh, start earning some money. Nobody else mm -hmm. will take him back, and or take him on, and they say no, and he holds a grudge, right? Mm. And so. When the Walsh book comes out and the Tyler Floyd thing is happening within the same pocket of time, Lance's team, they're upset about this David Walsh book that's accusing Lance of 
of, uh, I was going to say stealing, huh? Kind of it's what he's doing when he's <laughs> taking drugs and getting paid millions of dollars. But yeah. they call Frankie the guy that Lance had fired. The, mm-hmm. I'm not going to dope all the dope. I'll just do some of the, and I'm calling it <laughs> dope. And it's, you know, it's human growth hormones, and testosterone. And so, you know, these it, they're hormones, they're, they're chemicals, yeah. but whatever. So they call him and they want to talk to him. And he meets them in a parking lot. There's a lot of meeting in parking lots in this Lance Armstrong story that I watched. And it was interesting. Interesting. Yeah, totally. Right. So, um, they say, hey, look, we just need your wife, Betsy, to sign this affidavit saying that she'll never say anything about Lance Armstrong and oh my God. ever, ever, ever. And he's like, have you met my wife? So <laughs> he's recording this conversation because he doesn't trust oh, wow. the guys he's going to meet. Right. I see. And he feels like he knows what's going to happen. They're going to ask yeah. him for something and they're going to need something from him. And he wants proof that they've done this because Lance Armstrong has been sort of laying it out about town that Betsy's a little unstable. She's a little mm-hmm. crazy. She's mm-hmm. a little fucked up. She's so jealous. She's so jealous of my success. She wanted to sleep with me. I think he probably said. I don't know that he well. said that. Yeah. But I think he probably laid out those sorts of tracks, right? Right. She's jealous. She's vindictive. I had to let her husband go because he wasn't any good. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Betsy hears the shit because the cycling community is super small. Like, even though all the teams aren't necessarily tight with each other, gossip is the one thing that binds communities together, right? It gets around like coronavirus. Hi, TM, TM. That's my trademark. Um, (laughs) so Betsy's not going to sign. And then around the same time, Lance has won another, uh, tour de France and he's owed $5 million from one of his sponsors and they don't want to pay because of all these doping allegations that are out there. Right. And they're like, no, not good. Not going to do it. So of course Lance decides to sue them and depositions are taken. And so we enter into this period of uh, loss, uh, legal depositions, last about a, a year and a half. And they they record everybody, right? Betsy yep. comes they in. Go and to she, Betsy, yeah. Yep, she gives her truth, uh, what she heard, what she saw. His teammates come in, they spill their beans. There was this incident when Lance was... Uh, diagnosed with cancer and uh, going through treatment mm-hmm. where his uh, Frankie and Betsy, his teammate mm-hmm. and teammate's wife, were in the room when the doctors came in. They're visiting Lance. He's in the hospital. He's already had oh, cancer yeah. surgery, right? He's undergoing right. chemotherapy. It's already been serious. Right. And the doctor says, hey, have you ever done any like performance drugs? Because, you know, your cancer's pretty severe and I just am treating you and these are things I need to know they'll help with the treatment and Lance rattles off a list of um, you know cortisone testosterone human growth hormone EPO everything everything. and Betsy heard all that so in her deposition she says that so at the same time or, or sorry, during during this period of depositions, the Oakley Company, which was a sponsor of Lance Armstrong's, yeah. had an employee named Stephanie. And Stephanie had her job was to 
have good relationships, sort of PR, have a good relationship yeah. with Lance Armstrong and cyclists, but particularly at Lance Armstrong. And Stephanie's husband also worked at Oakley and they have an autistic son. And I lay all that mm -hmm. out there because Stephanie calls Greg Lamont, the American who won the Tour de France, right? Yeah. And says, hey, I've got to go in for his deposition and I'm going to tell the truth. And I know that he was doping and I saw it and everybody saw it. And it's just terrible. And Lamont mm -hmm. recorded this conversation, right? And Lamont's like, yeah, it's terrible. And it brings the sports down. And she's like, yeah, and I just, I can't back a liar. And I just, I can't do it. I'll never be able to live with myself. Fast forward a couple of months and she gets on the stand and lies and says that she doesn't know anything about it. She never heard anything. Wow. And that Betsy, Frankie's wife, yeah. must be not telling the truth on some level because oh. she wasn't there. She doesn't know. She didn't see anything. So when that happens, Lamont sends the recording to the yeah. uh, uh, Lance Armstrong team. And you can imagine that then everything starts to fall apart because then it becomes witness tampering. What did you guys right. say to Stephanie to make her change her story? Because she spoke to Greg Lamond a couple of months ago, but now all of a sudden, I, I never saw anything. I didn't know anything. Um, so Stephanie calls Betsy and leaves a voicemail. It's like, the recordings oh and the parking lots in this thing are oh my just fucking ridiculous, right? Wow. And she goes off and they played it in the documentary. And I'm going to say it was gold. Holy fuck. This Stephanie's, is Stephanie talking to Betsy? This is Stephanie talking to Betsy, right? Okay. I hope that you have adversity in your life. I Whoa. hope that you know what it feels like to go through this. You're a fucking shallow bitch Whoa. right now i only heard that snippet of the tape because that's all they played i want the whole yeah. thing yeah. i want it to be a ringtone it is <laughs> fucking awesome holy christ she goes off on betsy the one woman who's been telling the truth throughout this yeah. but not running to the press broadcasting it she's not trying to bring lance down but at the same time, she's not going to lie and support him. And initially, when she comes into the documentary, uh, the, the kind of the first uh, showing of her, I thought she was such a yenta. It's like, oh, God, <laughs> listen to her. Mah, mah, mah. And Lance this and Lance that. And wow, my opinion quickly changed. So, Betsy, although you're not my official apology this week, I'm going to apologize to you <laughs> right now because you're a fucking American hero to me. Um, hey. So, yay, Betsy. So, um, real harm was done to people by Lance yeah. Armstrong and his yeah. lies. Greg Lamond lost a $20 million contract because wow. of allegations of being a drunken liar. Oh, my right? God. And being a drug user. I didn't know that. Well, according to Greg Lamond in this documentary, right? So yeah. uh, I'm going to believe him. And I'd say that kind of probably brings us up to the up to the Oprah moment. Like there was just so much of this out there. Lance finally had to. Um, well, and so UCI, which I don't know what it all stands for, but I'm sure uh, cycling is in it. Cycling Union, I think something. Union yeah. Cycling International. There we go. <laughs> that worked great. Um they take away all of his seven wins. They ban him from sports entirely. Yep. He loses sponsorships. 
Livestrong is starting to lose donors. Mm-hmm. Like people are just sort of like, all right, Lance, you know, if you're not going to admit it, great. But it's just, it's too, there's too much smoke. There's got to the be a fire. That as far as the public was concerned, um, none of this was known. Like everyone thought that he was this great guy because he was really personable. And, and when he would go and interview and whatnot, he would be very charming. I, I guess he's a typical sociopath, you know. He, he, was, um, he was a good looking guy. He was very athletic. He was successful. He was um, charming. And he was a big hero. Like not just, he, he, he sort of, he wasn't just a hero in the bicycling world. He was a hero to, to, to many others. And um, just athletes of all sorts and also um, for the philanthropic work that he did. Yeah, I, he showed that he could have totally just been some rich sports guy, but he yeah. actually went out and did this amazing work for cancer uh, victims. I don't know what the word to use, yeah, right? Yeah, they called themselves survivors. Survivors. All right, so for cancer survivors. And... And amazing. And it really impacted the whole fucking nation because as we were talking earlier, those bracelets were a everywhere. Stigma oh if you didn't god. have it. Oh my god. Hate those things. Yeah. Uh and you know, the <laughs> knockoffs came around fast enough, but yeah. um, for sure they i mean he had a real he was a cultural touchstone. And yeah, he was he definitely was definition of all American. Yeah. He was. And maybe he still was because he was lying and cheating. Right. Good point. Hi, America. <laughs> Hi, I <Donald> love you. <laughs> I know. Like I'm like, is the podcast over? Because I have Trump. to know what happened yeah. in the news. <laughs> yeah, probably nothing yet. We'll see. Um, but I did see an interesting quote um, regarding regarding his philanthropic endeavors um, on Quora. And it was someone who calls himself George Lopez, who I think is a cyclist, but I don't, I don't think it's that, that person. But anyway, it's a, it's a comment from a commenter. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But it said, the whole Lance Armstrong affair was so much more than just using drugs. His creation and use of his cancer charity may have been one of the worst transgressions because he used it as a shield to deflect criticism, pretending that a guy who was so generous couldn't possibly be the biggest cheat in history. He also implied to people that their money was going to aid cancer research, when in reality nothing went to that, but instead went to an ambiguous cancer awareness. That's right, he collected approximately $500 million of people's hard-earned money and used it to inform people that cancer was dangerous, as if people didn't know that already. What the donations really went for was paying huge salaries to friends and supporters and to be a tax deduction for lavish travel and dining events all over the world. So I mean, that's my impression of Lance Armstrong. So, one person's yes. comment on a comment on a chat right. board kind of thing uh interesting points interesting point of view <laughs> interesting point of view i mean we'll say, we'll say this livestrong is still operating they are distance from lance armstrong and yeah. i'm sure they were thoroughly vetted and reviewed after this uh oh, probably yeah so I, much I like the clinton the foundation rating. right right the work they're doing now is going to be a rated work Right. And he's also founded or provided funding for other uh, charities. One is called Wonders and Worries, which is a nonprofit in Austin that provides counseling and support for kids who have a parent with a serious or life-threatening disease. And he founded in 2007 Athletes for Hope, which helps professional athletes become involved in charitable causes. So, you know, for whatever reason, he did do some worthwhile things. 
Well, and so when we get into the apology, I think this gets down to that question of separating the artist from the art, right? And mm-hmm. and if somebody does something good, then what what effect does that have on their other actions? And speaking as the god of judgment, I'll let you know after once we start <laughs> having that discussion, because I don't know what you think, and I'm going to agree with you. Okay. Um, but I wanted to ask you, since he lives in Austin, I think, still, and you live in Austin, have you ever run into him, or would you recognize him if you did? I would not recognize him. I have not run into him. But when I first moved here, I heard a lot about him. That was 11 years ago, so I'm trying to think like, oh, sorry, so 2008, oh, yeah, 2009, did, yeah. so probably around the time of all of this uh not so much, yeah, of, of all this breaking. Um, so, yeah, it was very clear that the community loved um, Lance Armstrong. Uh, you hear a lot about, you used to hear a lot about Lance Armstrong, Matthew McConaughey, and Sandra Bullock, because they're like the three oh, really? Austin superstars that they're oh. so down to earth and they live here and you could see them in a coffee shop. And I'm from LA and it's just not a thing for me. <laughs> yeah, you can see cares, anybody right? at a fucking coffee shop. Who cares? Like, they're not going to give me money if I see them. In Austin. there's a, he, he still owns a coffee shop in Austin. He might. Um, he does. I, and a, and a, bike, a bike shop too. So, Which kind of makes sense. I mean, uh, Austin's a very serious cycling town. If you're Is into it? cycling, you've been to Austin. Would you be a cyclist if they were going to pay you $600,000 a year? I would not, and here's why. Um, I uh, the just the wear and tear on the body. Um, no, and so, I'm lazy, so there's no way. Once upon a time, back in the day, th- so this is like my thing. Like I had this, mm-hmm. um, I identified with Lance Armstrong on on a couple of levels, and because mm-hmm. you know, when somebody does something, it's sort of like. Why did they do that? What drove them to do that? And so I could see the mother influence thing there, not saying that she forced her son to be this champion, but more right. like, like you know, this is a way to pay his mom back and, and, and take care of her. You want your mom right. to be okay, right? right. And so, great. Um, and back, way back in the day when I was a health and fitness nut, like, I was taking creatine and androstine, and I'm mean, sure they were powders and pills and they were over the counter, uh, but I also wanted to approach health from a very holistic point of view uh, mm-hmm. and practice. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't super excited initially about taking creatine or androstine, mm-hmm. but I wasn't getting the results I wanted. And so mm-hmm. my trainer at the time was like, well, you know, there were these over-the-counter things. And I was like, mm, no, no. And she was saying, well, your body produces them naturally. So mm-hmm. you're just kind of, it's a supplement. And it's not <laughs> really a cheat, Theo. Right? Yeah. And you'll get the muscles you want and you'll get them faster. And I took creatine and I'm going to say like three weeks later, I was converted. I believed really? it was a fucking amazing for me. Wow. Right? Yeah. Um, and the androstene, um, which I had to quit taking, it's a precursor to testosterone, right? Oh, and so uh-huh. some of Lance's behavior I identify with because when I was on androstene, I was fucking crazy angry all the time. Yeah, I hear you. So if I was on testosterone, I could totally see jumping down people's throats and calling Ooh, people a whore or a liar. I know what my apology is going to be now. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, great. I can't wait to hear. I'm super excited. Okay. 
So, Go ahead. so I got the drive and I, and I got the, the idea of like, okay, these things are, it's bad and, and it's illegal, but at the same time, everybody else is doing it and it does yeah. increase my performance. And truly I'm the person on this bicycle. Right. I'm not on a motorized bike. We're using my muscle power. I'm just using outside substances my body would produce anyway. So hooray for me. Right. Um, so, so I got that, but no, I wouldn't because, uh, the wear and tear on an athlete as you get older, like I hurt my C6 and C7, I'm bragging now, uh, oh, wow. vertebrae from doing squats high. Oh, and wow. so, uh, yeah, the, the pain that I lived with for years, super minor pain, it was nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's, it has gone away, but I mean, to this day, yeah. I, can't get on a roller coaster and I can't do this and I can't do that mm -hmm. because of the stupid damage I did to my neck over time. So no, I would not wear out my knee joints because I like walking. Mm -hmm. Long Sorry. answer to your, to your, your question, yeah. even for 600,000, because even for I, millions, well, mm, <laughs> I could hire people to carry me around. I had, <laughs> you can have paper placements. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, millions <laughs> we're talking. I mean, they must have, I don't know what the prize money is for the Tour de France, but it's got to be millions. And well, he won it seven times. The the sponsorships the come along back, with that too, right? Right, right. I mean, they're just insane. Um, and of course, he was he was living the football player's lifestyle in mm -hmm, a, mm -hmm. as a psych, in a cycle. I mean, you know, what other bicyclist have I ever heard of? None. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> that, that's right. it, right? Yeah. So... He was dating uh, movie Cheryl stars, Crow. Cheryl Crow, of course, right? Uh, rock stars. He was living that rock star life. And who doesn't want to live that? Um, so th the benefits were there. The money was there. The sponsorships were there. The glory was there. The fame was there. The taking care of mom was there. It was all there. <laughs> um, I was going to say, where does he get all that energy? But we know where he got all that energy. <laughs> I, but I will say good for him for, I mean, it's, there were a couple of references to drinking, right? Like, yeah. oh, he called me drunk or he did this thing drunk, right? But, but not right. a ton of that. And I will say right. good for him for avoiding like the pitfalls that come along. Well, alcoholism or cocaine abuse or whatever yeah. drug abuse, right? Because when you have shitloads of money, that stuff just finds you. Well, we don't know that he didn't do it. I mean, but we don't know he that he was did. Not accused of it, yeah, it's true. It probably would have come out along with everything else. In a in a court of law, we're going to say that uh, you never said he that. He did not do that. <laughs> no, he likes to sue, <laughs> and he likes to call people liars, even even today. So the thing that struck me in that Oprah uh, interview, in so I didn't watch the Oprah interview because for a couple of reasons. And I know we're, we're now we're starting to transition into the, our big reveal. Um, yep. but I didn't watch the Oprah interview because it felt like it would be too, I mean, it's Lance Armstrong apologizing on Oprah. Yes. Right. Way too many PR fingerprints all over that for me already. Yeah. And yeah. During that interview, Oprah asks him if Betsy is a liar. Oh, wow. Here he is on TV right. saying, to apologize. I'm a liar. I was taking drugs the yeah. whole time. Yes, it's all been true. But he won't say that Betsy's not a liar. Oh, my God. 
He still wow. leaves it out there. What he says yeah. is when Oprah pressures him, right, is she and I have an agreement not to discuss our phone call. <laughs> I mean, come the oh, fuck man. on, man. Wow. Now, that he was, what, 2013? Yeah. So we are seven years later. Um, <laughs> and I'll, and I'll save the, the rest of it because I did go on this journey. Right, but yeah. I'll, I'll say that for the yeah. for the apology thing because they've been okay. all over the place with it. Okay. Well, the last thing I wanted to say was that um, th- this quote from him when when he asked uh, what influence fame had on his personality, he said that his actions and his defiance magnified him as both a jerk and a humanitarian. And the quote is, "I was both, and we saw both, and now we're seeing more of the jerk part than the activist, the humanitarian, the philanthropist, the leader of the foundation. We are seeing that now. I am flawed, deeply flawed." I think we all have our flaws. <laughs> so, you okay. know, we're all like che- cheating, lying, stealing, thieves. We all know whores. No one's perfect. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Poor Emma O'Reilly, that massage therapist of, of his. I know. Not a whore. She's the very nice no, Irish girl who did was like, wrong. "Fuck this bullshit." Um, according thing. to I her mean, in the documentary, who ever contacted Lance Armstrong got really abused. I think. Well, in this, in this I, I think we're at that point now where yes, we we reveal our cards to each other. So should we just say yes or no and do like a one yeah. two three joint reveal? Yeah. Okay. Do we so accept this apology? One, two, one, two three, three. No. No. <laughs> All right. Good. I think that was no surprise to anyone. I mean, and it's not just because he was a jerk, uh, although that has a lot to do with it. But even in apologizing, he was a jerk. So, you know, that breaks one of the primary rules of apologizing, which we have to do a bonus episode on. It's what, what makes a good apology. We do. And uh, I went on a journey. I didn't know. Too, I mean, I knew general stuff about this story, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But I saw a 2019 uh, interview with him with ESPN Sports or NBC Sports. And um, and it, he's very nice and he's really um, honest and he yeah. just can't, he just admits everything and he's really forthcoming. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all right, nice guy. I, I get it. Sure. Okay. He lied and it would cost him money and okay. So I was all set to accept his apology. And uh-huh. then I watched this documentary mm-hmm. and seeing the real harm he caused people yeah. and seeing his complete self-serving apology and seeing him refuse to defend Betsy's integrity Right. Um, It was like, oh, no way could I accept this apology. He's not sorry at fucking all. So, uh, yeah, on on that front, no. Sorry, not sorry. And it does get down to this question. And we'll we'll save this for another episode or another uh, or when we look at apologies. But if somebody's truly sorry, great. But then you have to mm-hmm. look at the harm they've done and does that right. apology and their attempts to repair the harm. You know, exactly. What have they done since? Harmed people. I'm sure I've said things that have hurt feelings or, you know, I mean, I'm a normal person. So, of course, I've hurt people's feelings and thrown stones sure. at orphans. But yeah. <laughs> smelly orphans. Um, 
but yeah, I think I think also there's a certain level of harm that there's kind of like there's no coming back from. I agree. So, there we go. Sorry, agree. Lance, you're gonna have to pedal it somewhere else. Yeah. So who's sorry now? What's your apology or um, yes. who owes you an apology okay. this time? So I can't wait to hear this. Not not an O I O and. So in keeping with this theme of, okay, great. So Lance Armstrong lied and he did it so that he could be competitive. When have I lied to be competitive? And what's a lie that I told? It's like a, a serious lie, right? Where I've lied mm-hmm. to people's faces. So I owe an apology to the Danum Corporation who hired me in 1991 to work as an admin assistant because mm-hmm. I told them I had a college degree and I didn't. <laughs> I put it on my resume oh because my I felt like I should have one. I would have had yeah. one. Things have gone right. another way. And I will one day. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's not true now, but it'll be true later. And oh, my gosh. Now, I'm going to say, I just said, okay, here's where I'm justifying my lie. And I get this is not cool, right? <laughs> but... um I lied about having an English degree for just a general office assistant position. So I wasn't lying about being a brain surgeon to go in and perform surgery on people. And I wasn't lying about having public relations to do PR, right? Um, But yeah, so for the three years that I worked there, I lied every day I showed up to the office. And it's not like I walked in with UNC t-shirts. I I did a lot (laughs) to not talk about it. Yeah, I bet. Like not bring it up. And there was one time we had a, a receptionist, a temp receptionist, um, who came in and she was from North Carolina and she'd gone to UNC. And my boss said, oh, Theo went to UNC. You guys probably were in school together around the same time because <laughs> you're both about the same age. Yeah. And she was like, oh, oh my God, yeah. And of course, you know, I'd been on campus at UNC oh, sure. a few times. Fortunately, so. it's a school of like 50 million people too. So there's no way you would know each other. And or maybe, maybe yes, right? Because like, what if she's <laughs> an English major who graduated? I mean, you know, maybe. I, you've got to be able to cough up one professor's name they recognize. So I could just feel like right. the world getting real tight. Real oh, tight. And she said something like, Remember that rock everybody used to meet at? And I was like, no, I think you're thinking of the Daniel Boonstone in Hillsboro, North Carolina. And then I turned around and I walked away because I was like, I have there a fucking rock people used to meet at? I don't know. I went to UNC and I don't remember any fucking rock. That's maybe she was lying. Maybe she was. (laughs) I wasn't an English major, though, but (laughs) but maybe she was. So that's that's my apology. It, It is sincere. I didn't do any real harm with it the company did go out of business because i misspelled a word but no it didn't and i mean it did go out of business but not because i misspelled a word as what did an they English do major. asbestos abatement oh okay yeah whatever yeah okay so what about you uh, notice how quick i'm ready to just usually i want to talk and suck all the oxygen out of a conversation you feel bad about that one huh i i feel bad that i lied to people's faces about about a part of my past that didn't exist. I will right. say that I worked very hard not to have those conversations and not yeah. to represent myself as, you know, I wasn't, you know, whenever anybody would mention college, um, I remember college, I remember college, I'd just be real quiet. And, yeah. you know, I, um, I, and of course, 
I'm going to be Lance Armstrong here. We've all lied. We've all told lies. But, oh, I'd like to know why a college degree is required to be an administrative assistant anyway. I think the college wasn't. degrees are required for way too many things. It, oh, it wasn't. Oh, it you just said you had it. But I was trying to transition out of retail, and oh, I, I had this idea in my head that you had to have a college degree to get an office job, right? And so this was my, my attempt to be competitive in the world, and I just kind of mm -hmm. figured the lie I told myself Oh, you'll go to school at night and you'll get your degree and then you can right. update your resume in five years, 10 years, however long it takes. Um, so I had lots of ways of justifying it to myself. Uh, and then it took me until I was 48 to actually make that lie true, but <laughs> I didn't go to UNC. But uh, yes, now when you read my bio, you will see I have a college degree because I do. Yay. And that piece of paper is in a file, in a closet, I love my school experience. We'll save it for another day. But uh, yeah. So anyway, to those coworkers to whom I occasionally had to say, oh, yeah, I left school. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really am. I, that was a I good really one. Am. That's a good one. Well, it's, it's uh, you know, full disclosure. Why lie? Okay. So yeah. what? What about you? What did I do? So mine is actually sort of related to this story, the Lance Armstrong story. Um, and it is, um, uh, I, uh, a couple years ago, maybe it was four years ago, I don't know when it was, but I fell down the stairs. And I mean, I fell down the stairs. I fell down like, from the top to the bottom. And I hurt myself. I got a concussion and I hurt my back. And, Fuck. And, um, yeah, it was, it sucked. But and, I mean, no, no real harm done, except my back still kind of hurts. But anyway, um, uh, and also my concussion makes me forget what I was saying. <laughs> not fair. You're not allowed to have an out like that. That's not fair. You're looking for pity. I'm not giving it to you. Um, they put me on steroids to recover from my back injuries. And I didn't realize that I was angry. <laughs> <laughs> but one day, um, this guy moved into a beautiful Victorian house, like two doors down from me. And did I tell you the story? I'm Did I tell everyone I, the story? No, or? no, no. I know this story <laughs> okay. and I need to hear it again because it is beautiful. Oh, it's not that great. Um, but he, he owns this beautiful home and he was outside one day playing Frisbee on the street. And for some reason, that infuriated me. This man was outside my street playing Frisbee. How dare he? This is not Philadelphia. This is not the East Coast. This is not New York City. This is San Francisco. We don't play Frisbee in the street. We are homeowners <laughs> here. <laughs> we respect each other. And we certainly don't make any noise. So I ran outside and was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, Because he was actually hitting other cars with the Frisbee. And and, <laughs> and as a Californian, was, you can't hit a car. I was, you can't hit a car. I was so mad. And he, he just kind of laughed at me. Um, well, actually, Brent came out with me because I think Brent realized that I was getting myself into trouble. And um, I, I went out there and I yelled at him and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, you can't be doing this on the street. And I don't even remember what I said, but at first he laughed at me, but then he started yelling at me and then he took his Frisbee. And no, then he started kicking a random car and that just made me even madder. <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly don't remember how it ended, but, um, I went back in the house. Oh, he asked me where I lived because I was all about, you know, the neighborhood and whatever. And, and, and I told him that I was my next door neighbor. Smart. <laughs> so, totally so when smart. I went back in the house, he and his friend who he was playing Frisbee with started like climbing up the walls of my next door neighbor and were, were, um, 
like at their window they were on the first floor and, and they were like climbing trying to get in their window and all kinds of stuff like that and, and oh my uh, god i don't know, I know that part i think he was really drunk but um so i owe an apology to 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 a my neighbor um for going out there and and harassing him for playing frisbee on the street and although he he kind of was a jerk about it and then two to my next door neighbor who have since moved out <laughs> For for having my other neighbor harass them because I told them that I was them, um, so I owe two people an apology, and I'm very sorry to both of you, and I will never take steroids again. Oh wow, wow, wow! I did not know that about <laughs> that guy climbing up. Um, I knew about you going out and yelling at somebody for playing frisbee, but that's kind <laughs> of like where the story ended for me. But I did yeah. fall down the stairs, and I have a concussion, and so my brain's not really great. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I've had so many concussions from falling off horses that I don't even know. I lost count of how many concussions I've had, which is bad. But what am I going to do? I mean, it is what it horses, is. Horses, you have to ride them. You have to ride them. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> I mean, you there is not. no other option. You... <laughs> They're there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so my gosh. I think that's it. I think it's a show. Everybody, thank you so much. Uh, You can find us on the web at apologiesaccepted.net and on our website. Don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com slash apologiesaccepted, where you can give us money. And you can also give us apologies. So on our website, you can fill out a form and apologize to somebody. We may read it on the air and uh, you'll be able to hear your own apology and you'll hear our feedback on it. Hey. Whether you okay, want to or bye. not. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at apologiesaccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at apologies.accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>